Welcome. I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of 2 Thessalonians. Today is episode 383, looking at 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. Let's read our passage. In addition, brothers and sisters, pray for us that the word of the Lord may spread rapidly and be honored, just as it was with you, and that we may be delivered from wicked and evil people. For not all have faith, but the Lord is faithful. He will strengthen you and guard you from the evil one. We have confidence in the Lord about you, that you are doing and will continue to do what we command. May the Lord direct your hearts to God's love and Christ's endurance. This is Paul's second letter to the church at Thessalonica. Paul had visited Thessalonica with Timothy and Silas. They founded the church. There was an uproar. There was a opposition. Because of that, they left Thessalonica, went to Berea, then to Athens, and then finally to Corinth. Spent 18 months in Corinth. Paul had sent Timothy from Athens back to Thessalonica, and then Timothy rejoined Paul in Corinth. Based on Timothy's report, he sent 1 Thessalonians. Now, sometime later, I don't know how much later, but Paul has received word. There's confusion about the day of the Lord. So he sends 2 Thessalonians. So he's just dealt with the day of the Lord. The day of the Lord has not come. And here's how you know it hasn't come. There has not been this apostasy. There's not been this man of lawlessness. That you, you could miss any of that. So obviously the day of the Lord has not come. Now he's continuing and we get into chapter 3, and this is pretty much the, the wrap-up of his letter. He's going to give them some final words, some words of admonition, and then close the letter. So he says in chapter 3, verse 1, In addition, some translations say, finally. And this is uh, introducing a transition. He's no longer talking about the man of lawlessness, the day of the Lord. He's just making concluding remarks. So, in addition, brothers and sisters, pray for us that the word of the Lord may spread rapidly and be honored, just as it was with you. Paul asked them to pray for him, or pray for them, for Paul, Timothy, and Silas. And this is normal. Paul does this in most of his letters. He asks them to pray for him. And what this points out is that we're going to step back and think about who Paul was. What an incredible man of the Lord he was. What incredible faith he had. What incredible experiences he had. How God used him in such incredibly amazing ways. Paul not only needed prayer, but he recognized that he needed prayer. And he asked for prayer. So he asked the people at Thessalonica to pray for them. Specifically, he didn't ask so that we'll have an easy time. He asked, so that the word of the Lord may spread rapidly and be honored. Now, he says the word of the Lord. This is actually an unusual phrase for Paul. We're used to using that phrase all the time, but Paul doesn't use that much. It's only a twice in First Thessalonians and here that he uses this phrase, the word of the Lord. He normally just calls it the gospel. That is the word of the Lord, the message of God, the good news. But here he uses the word of the Lord. Why? Nobody really knows, but he, he just uses that phrase here and in 
two places in First Thessalonians. But he prays that the word of the Lord may spread rapidly and be honored. He's talking about evangelism here, that the gospel will go out, go out rapidly. And by be honored means be responded to, that people would recognize the truth of the gospel and respond to it. And he adds, just as it was with you. And I believe what he means there is, you guys heard the truth of the gospel, you recognized the truth of the gospel, you responded to the truth of the gospel, so just as you responded to the truth of the gospel, pray that people that we're speaking to will respond to the truth of the gospel. Now remember, this is during the second missionary journey. It's just been a fairly short time since they were in Thessalonica. Paul is in Corinth now. He spends 18 months in Corinth. So he's basically saying, pray that people here in Corinth will hear the truth of the gospel and respond to it. He continues in verse 2, and, continue, so he's continuing what to pray for him for, that the word of the Lord may be spread rapidly and be honored, but also that we may be delivered from wicked and evil people, for not all have faith. So the Thessalonians have trouble. There's people causing trouble with them. They're being persecuted and have been persecuted. But Paul's got trouble of his own where he is in Corinth. And so he says, pray that the word of the Lord will spread, but also pray that we'll be delivered from wicked and evil people. Now, what's going on in the life of Paul? And you would have to look in Acts chapter 18, which is the story of his time in Corinth during that 18 months. Luke is narrating and says at the beginning of chapter 18, after this, he left Athens and went to Corinth, where he found a Jew named Aquila. And so he talks about this encounter with Aquila and Priscilla. And then he says, he stayed with them and worked. He reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath and tried to persuade both Jews and Greeks. But when they resisted and blasphemed, he shook his clothes and told them, your blood is on your own head. Heads. I am innocent. From now on, I'll go to the Gentiles. So he leaves the synagogue and begins preaching to the Gentiles. The head of the synagogue becomes a believer and joins Paul. Then a little later in chapter 18, Luke tells us, while Gallio was proconsul of Achaia, the Jews made a united attack against Paul and brought him to the tribunal. It didn't go anywhere, but that's the kind of problems that Paul is facing in Corinth, the Jews making a united attack against him. And so that's, uh, they've been bringing legal charges against him. It didn't go anywhere, but he's still under this persecution from the Jews who will not respond to the truth of the gospel. He asks that they pray for him to be delivered from wicked and evil people, for not all have faith. Well, that would be the description of people who don't have faith. And by faith, he means faith in Jesus Christ. You're either a believer or you're not a believer. And unbelievers, many of them are nice people, but many respond in hostile ways to the gospel. And this is who he's referring to as the evil and wicked people. They don't have faith. Verse 3, but the Lord is faithful. The contrast here, these wicked and evil people, they have no faith. But the Lord is faithful. Why that? I mean, we can trust him. He will strengthen you 
and guard you from the evil one. So he's been talking about what he wants them to pray for him concerning. Now he shifts it back to, we can all count on the Lord. He's the one who's going to strengthen and guard you from the evil one. Notice Paul asked for deliverance from wicked and evil people, but now he mentions the evil one. It's the same word for evil in, in both verses. And it specifically says evil people, specifically men, evil men. But here it just, in verse 3, just says, guard you from the evil. There isn't actually any object there. Just evil is used as a noun. The evil. The evil it's, it means the evil one. And that's generally a, a term used to describe Satan. And those who are the wicked and evil people who don't have faith are under the influence and control of the evil one, Satan. But the Lord's the one who's going to protect you from the wiles of Satan. It's through prayer that will be delivered from wicked and evil people. And the Lord will protect us from the evil one. Verse 4 says, We have confidence in the Lord about you that you are doing and will continue to do what we command. Well, he's not talking about just having a bunch of robots, but what has he commanded? He's commanded them to follow the Lord. He's commanded them to do what God has said. He is God's mouthpiece, giving them God's instructions. And so what his desire is for them to do what he said, because that's what God has said. And his confidence is that the Lord will enable them to do that. We really can't do what God said on our own. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. And verse 5, benediction. May the Lord direct your hearts to God's love and Christ's endurance. So this is about Paul, Timothy, and Silas, and also about the Thessalonians. Essentially bringing it to spiritual terms that we're all dealing with rough times here. We're all dealing with nasty people here, but it's only through our faith in Jesus Christ and our following Christ that the Holy Spirit will empower us to do what he's called us to do. And God himself will step in and protect us, not so we can have a good time, but so that his will can be done. And the Lord's the one who's going to strengthen us, encourage us, and empower us to do what he's called us to do. What has he called us to do? Well, he's called us to pray for one another. Just as Paul says, pray for me, just as I'm praying for you. The Lord has called us to grow in our knowledge and faith in him, to be led and empowered by the Holy Spirit, to speak of him, that is to share the gospel with those around us. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through Second Thessalonians.